Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Carolyn Vallejo, digital editor for ACG's Media Group, in for Katie Mulligan. We're here today to discuss how employers can gain better control of health plan expenses. And here to talk about some strategies is QBE North America's Matt Drakeley, Vice President, Accident and Health Specialty Markets. QBE North America is also the sponsor of today's episode. Matt, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, too. Now, of course, a lot of the economic news today concerns the path of inflation. So first off, how has inflation affected healthcare costs? So if we look at over the last 20 years, the cost of medical care services has increased nearly twice as fast as the general rate of inflation, according to the BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Interestingly, the relationship more recently reversed with overall inflation rising up 6.5% for the year ended 2022 versus 4.1% for medical care services. Employers would be wise to prepare for a return to the historical pattern with mm-hmm. medical care inflation catching up or exceeding to general inflation due to the underlying labor and supply cost trends in the healthcare system. Can you tell us a little bit about those trends? Yes. Even before the inflation in the overall economy began persistently hitting historic highs, uh, the impact for hospitals was even greater. Nationally, labor costs for hospitals increased by more than a third from 2019 to 2022, according to Kaufman and Hall. And drug expenses also rose dramatically, increasing about 37% on a per patient annual basis from 2019 to 2020. One, while medical supply costs jumped 21% over the same period, according to the American Hospital Association. These considerable expense hikes for hospitals will compel them to pass the cost on to health insurers and payers. As their provider contracts approach renewal date, the renegotiations will take place in a very different economic climate than existed in prior years. There's plenty of indications that hospitals and health systems are now looking to raise their prices for their services between 7.5% and 15% as they renegotiate the new contracts, much higher than the 4 to 6% that the hospitals usually requested. Assuming these costs increases significantly, employers will be coping with another rising capital expenditure during this period of general inflation. This came across in QBE's 2022 mid-sized company risk report out of nearly 100 specific risks that we measured, company executives ranked medical inflation and increasing employee benefit costs as among their most concerning. You just mentioned how employers really must be able to cope, you know, considering such a high level of concern on multiple fronts. What can middle market companies do to mitigate the rising healthcare costs that they're facing for their employees? The good thing is there's a lot they can do, okay? Uh, One is to gain greater and better visibility and flexibility over their costs by, if they haven't already done so, moving away from a traditional fully insured health insurance plan where the company pays premium to an insurance company to cover all the health plan costs and moving that into a self-funded arrangement. And this means the company pays for the cost of care and the administration of the plan, and they can work with an expert to design the plan to best fit their needs instead of choosing among a list of off-the-shelf plan design options offered by health insurance plans. And to guard against uh, the additional cost increases and inflation increases and catastrophic risks, the company can purchase medical stop-loss insurance, both on an individual and an aggregate basis as a means of risk protection and risk management. So for instance, if a company typically expects 
an outlay of $10 million, for example, in total medical claims, including hospital, physician, pharmacy spend by their employees and their dependents. And they typically expect that no single claim will cost greater than $200,000. They can buy insurance protection, medical stop loss coverage that will cover for expenses above these amounts so that they're managing their expenses within a budget. Matt, does the plan administrator also provide the medical stop loss coverage or is this something provided by a separate insurer? It can work either way, but QBE thinks one advantage of using a separate insurer is that the insurer can act as a second set of eyes to the plan administrator when reviewing high-dollar claims. The bundled arrangement forgoes the benefit of having a second review of claims by an independent medical stop-loss carrier. Typically, the large bundled providers must operate at tremendous speed and scale, and the bundled medical stop-loss coverage is a single component of the package offering. When the claims administrator and the stop-loss carrier are separate entities, the independent stop-loss carrier can provide a dedicated second set of eyes to perform due diligence, reviews, and offer cost containment insights a bundled provider may not have the capacity to deliver. There's a couple of examples that are material that we think that has created an advantage for mid-sized companies to consider using a separate insurer. Our claims and medical risk management teams identified a claim where the policyholder overpaid more than $800,000 in drug expenses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We informed the client and their ASO administrator of the issue, and they took steps to recoup the money. Secondly, there was another example where a claims team identified that the primary liability for underlying claims should have been Medicare and not the employer sponsor plan. And they saved close to a half a million dollars in medical expenses in that one situation. So you just mentioned self-funding backed by medical stop loss insurance as you know, the first step. What is the second step? A next and viable second step is to put your medical stop loss coverage within a captive structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping all or a portion of the medical stop loss within a captive can help insulate the company from a potential spike in insurance rates as insurers contend with their increased costs. And it may allow the company to have more favorable terms of their insurance policy as well. Can you describe what exactly a captive is and you know its advantages? Yes. So a captive is a licensed insurance company owned by a corporate entity. It's a private insurance company that can only offer coverage to its owners rather than a commercial insurance company that sells products in the broad individual or business markets. This alternative risk financing option has many benefits, including significant tax advantages to its owners. But the primary reason for a company to form a captive is to address underlying specific risk management needs. Hence, that's the reason why we see about 90% of Fortune 500 companies have established wholly owned captive subsidiaries. An increasing number of smaller and mid-sized businesses are also enjoying the benefits of captives by banding together to achieve the scale necessary to spread the risk and operate efficiently in a group captive setting. Overall, we're seeing over 3,400 captives have been licensed in the United States, and this is and this growth in the captive market is accelerating. The captives can ensure a wide range of insurance risks. They can ensure property, casualty, liability, cyber, workers' comp, and employee benefits like health coverage for employees. In the context of employer-sponsored health insurance plans, owners have greater visibility into the drivers of their medical claims and have insights that can assist them in more proactively 
and effectively managing the cost of their health care. The captive may alleviate the sting of higher medical plan costs by reducing fixed insurance expenses as an advantage. It can help capture underwriting profits and investment returns that would normally revert to the health insurer. Aside from the pricing stability, other potential financial benefits could include better control of cash flow and the sheer flexibility of plan and cost containment measures. You know, a general complaint that is assessed on the insurance market is that it's too expensive. Insurance companies make too much profit, and I don't like the terms of coverage that I get. And a captive can help address any of those three complaints that a mid-sized company has. Wow. Okay. So this seems like a really, you know, attractive option for a lot of employers. So what are the initial steps a company should take to consider placing their stop-loss coverage within a captive? Okay. There's a, there's a couple possible scenarios that the company could be originating that consideration from. If the company already has a captive with other lines of coverage, for instance, property and casualty, then expanding the utility of the existing captive to medical stop-loss is very logical. Medical stop-loss is a short-tail risk that would complement and diversify the other lines of coverage that's already in the captive. If it's a company that doesn't have its own captive, there's more work and analysis and upfront costs that would be required. All of those are manageable, and the upfront expense is typically very rational for a uh, mid-sized company to deal with over the long term. And Mm -hmm. there's a whole roster of industry professionals within the captive industry, consultants, captive managers, actuarial firms, and companies that are available to help guide companies through the process. If the company's smaller and doesn't want to get into forming its own captive alone, then there are group captives available for them to consider that are very good options as well. Yeah. Tell me more about that. How could a smaller company you know, band together with other companies to form group captives? And could you talk a little bit more about when it would make sense to do so versus forming your own captive and how a company would even go about finding or, or joining a group captive? Yeah. So joining a group captive is a very strong alternative for a company to consider. There's group captives operating in the medical stop-loss space as well as in other lines with long successful track records and and value propositions for the groups that should be attractive. In this case, the group gets the benefit of both being part of the captive and still spreading a layer of risk over the critical size of all the captive owners, which is an important consideration within insurance and risk management, which is spreading risks over critical mass. There's additionally advantages in a group captive versus going it alone that you can negotiate. Uh, The group captive creates a negotiating power of its critical mass that may help gain more favorable insurance costs and terms with their carrier partner. Matt, would you say that placing medical stop-loss insurance in a captive is still a relatively untapped opportunity for companies in order to gain better control of their health plan costs? Yes, I, I would. Despite the benefits of this alternative risk transfer approach, and despite the reality that many large companies are using captives for other lines of business, it's estimated that only about 25% of Fortune 500 companies have their stop loss in a captive. And then put in another way, relative to the overall context of medical stop loss, which is a $30 billion market, captive medical stop loss accounts for approximately now four to five billion of that total. Mm -hmm. So there's 
plenty of green space for more employers to review the benefits and advantages of the captive. And there's now more than ever with our, you know, our previously discussed medical trend and general inflation pushing the cost up for employers of perfect storms accumulating for employers to strongly consider the development of a risk management self-funded health plan backed by medical stop loss in a captive. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but it is right now a good time for companies to consider putting their medical stop loss insurance in a captive. Simple answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's advantage that we, all the advantages that we previously discussed, they'll always be present, whether the market's hard or soft. But more so, I see in the next two renewal cycles that the causation or the validation to look at the captive as a solution for your medical stop loss is more resounding and amplified in favor to do this. Definitely an important consideration in today's market. Matt, thank you so much for joining the Conversations podcast. Thank you very much too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, please give us a rating and write a review. It really does go a long way in helping other listeners find out about us. This podcast is produced by the Association for Corporate Growth, the largest membership association for middle market M&A and corporate growth professionals. We host networking events across the world. We publish magazines and special reports and much, much more. Learn more about the benefits of membership at acg.org and consider joining us as a member. Last thing, if there is a topic you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, a guest you think would be great, or even if you just have some general feedback you want to share, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a note to editor at acg.org. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening.